Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Clients and Profits Feature Cast with Clients and Profits trainer Cindy Weston and David Drucker, Vice President and Manager of Agency Services at Strata. Hi, this is Cindy and I just wanted to introduce David from Strata. Um, David's here today to talk about Strata and our relationship with Clients and Profits and how the information can seamlessly come in from Strata into Clients and Profits so you can manage your job and billing or your, you know, whatever media buying you are doing in Strata, you can in- incorporate into Clients and Profits as well. So welcome, David. Thank you, Cindy. I was, Happy to be here. It's really nice to talk to you, and I appreciate you taking your time to do so. My pleasure. Uh, we've had quite a relationship for several years. I think it was 98 that we actually started importing buys from, from media buying programs. Although media isn't, I mean, we do have media and clients and profits. We never meant to take over media buying programs such as Strata. So I'd love to just hear a little bit of your history and a little bit of Strata's history, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Strata is now 27 years old. I've been here for 16 of those 27 years, wow. and uh, at, for the first uh, 10 or 11 years of Strata's life, uh, we only provided radio stations with software for research and for sales of uh, proposals and avails and those types of things for radio stations to work with the agencies and the advertisers directly. And in the early 90s, as the system was being converted over to a Windows platform, there was also the mindset to produce an agency product to allow the media buyers to use the same set of tools. So as the conversion was being done, a whole set of agency products were being developed simultaneously in Windows uh, for TV buying, radio buying, print, outdoor, and so on. And that product was released in late 94, beginning of 95. And what I think is cool about Strata is that you guys are, you have the ability, I mean, you have the, the data in the program for people to get the information they need when they're buying as far as the rates and rate cards and whatnot, correct? Right. The um, A big part of why a lot of agencies license Strata is not only to manage the all the media buying information and the orders and the, the confirmations and the vendor invoices and all the reporting that comes from that part of the system, but yes, they could also access the ratings data from Nielsen, from Arbitron, from the various rating services for television and radio. Which saves a lot of time. Right. That's that's always been a big part of the yeah. system and in fact there's a lot of our a lot of our clients buy the software initially for that reason and then quickly realize, oh, that's really just a relatively small part of the process. Uh, An an agency spends, you know, a buyer probably spends uh, 20, 25, 30% of their time constructing the buy, you know, getting getting the proposals from the reps and building the schedule and making sure the schedule is meeting their goals, their budget goals, their rating point goals and all that. But that's it turns out that's a relatively small part of the job. The larger part of the job is managing those buys across all media, be it interactive or print or broadcast, uh, and tracking the changes, keeping on top of the changes in the make goods, uh, producing reports for the clients, making sure billing goes out correctly. Right sending out adjusted billing information, that type of thing, is, is really the bulk of the job, uh, not so much the pre-buy analyzing the ratings. However, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a significant part of the software. And I can attest, because I used to buy a med- be a media buyer, and it is a lot of work if you don't have tools in place to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it it's a lot of detail, a right. lot of tedious detail, so... Right. Definitely. And I just want to mention, too, that Strata, um, once somebody buys, once our clients utilize Strata and they are placing the buys or getting the invoices from the vendors, even if it's input in Strata, when you import it into clients and profits, you can import the buys, 
you can import the invoices and from there do the billing directly and tied to all the job tickets that you're managing for all their other jobs. So that's how Strata and the media buying programs work together with clients and profits. So it's, it's, a, it's more of a seamless thing and people don't have to do any of the rekeying just to get it into the program that they're managing all their jobs in. So it's kind of a cool feature between the two of us that, that, that it gels like that. Right. Well, that's, that's the goal of what we do at Strata also. It, it, the, the notion is to make everybody more efficient. Mm-hmm. We have close to 1,000 agencies using our products and uh, about 12,000 individual users who are in the process of buying or selling or tracking tracking the media information. So, right, our, our goal is to make everybody more efficient. And that's so, our goal, too. So it, right. it seems to be a win-win. Right. So just out of curiosity, since you've been in, in the media industry so much, obviously you've seen it change a huge amount as far as how people do things, how people buy, how people manage and whatnot. What, where do you see media going in the future, especially since so much is going digital and social media? Well, sure. The, uh, I mean that that almost goes without saying these days. Uh, that's the that the volume still isn't quite there on the interactive side. The dollar volume isn't isn't quite as high as some people might suspect. I, I believe it's still eight percent or nine percent of total client budgets are spent on interactive. Certainly, a you know a, a tremendously growing part of of the business. It, it's still a relatively minor in terms of dollars being spent. Yet that's where all the energy is going from the client side, from the marketer side, from the agency side, and also from the software company side. Mm-hmm. We, we have um, been hard at work the last several years, built first releasing a few years ago and continuing to build out the interactive portion of the system so that uh, we, we now have a fully functioning RFP process between the, the uh, agencies and the websites directly so that the buyer could send out an RFP request right to the site, get the RFP response back into the system, evaluate that response, either accept it or reject it. And if that response is accepted, that RFP automatically turns right into an order in the interactive module within Strata, at which point the order could go up. You know, then the trafficking portion of the, of the buy process starts, and the order could go up to the ad servers electronically. Mm-hmm. We, we have electronic connectivity with all the ad servers, mm-hmm. main ones being uh, Dart, which is Google's ad server, uh, Atlas, iBlaster, MediaPlex. We have two-way communication with those ad servers that allows the buyers to send up the orders right to the servers and then receive the performance metric information back down into the system, right back into Strata, and the buyer could then see day by day, week by week, as often as they wish to check, how's that campaign performing? You know, is it doing what they want it to do? So we've spent a tremendous amount of uh, resources internally building out the interactive module, and clients are loving it and using it, very happy with that. So certainly, as in that silo in the, in the interactive silo we've made tremendous progress and our, our, our agencies are using that product throughout the uh, throughout our client base I was just going to say it's amazing how much the industry has changed and how it keeps changing almost like quarter by quarter <laughs> yeah I mean there's more and more convergence going on now also in the agency world um, yeah you know, the media always used to be separate you know TV, there was TV and TV goals and radio and radio goals and print and print goals and interactive was set up in its own silo, and there were goals for interactive as well, and even separate buying group. But over the last few years, there's been a lot, especially at the larger agency levels, and it's starting to filter down to the midsize and smaller agencies also. The, the goals and the managing of the buys and the people that do the work 
are now all being consolidated into into one. Into one group. Even the creative used to be separate, like you were mentioning. Right. You go into an agency, interactive creative was completely separate from creative for, you know, any production work. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was like two separate houses that didn't even have to communicate with each other. And now you're seeing a melding of that. They're all doing all of it. There's no, you know, forte that this, this person does that only and these people do that only. It is, it is commingling right. now. So there's, um, yeah, so yes, there, there's probably three three categories that you could pinpoint as to, you know, what's changed about media over the last uh, 5, 10, 15 years. And one is certainly the, uh, the migration to interactive as a, as a powerful, important tool. Um, that's actually old news these days, but you, you know, that's, that would be number one. Um, number two would be the convergence of various media all under one hat, under one department, and not looking at the media as, as individual silos of information, but as part collective. of an overall right, collective part of the marketing plan and evaluated and, and, and worked on as such as, mm-hmm. as one, one cohesive part, part of marketing. So that's, that's another large trend. Mm-hmm. And, and the third trend, going back to the software and systems and strata, the third part is the emphasis on EDI tools on electronic data interchange tools, the ability to send the orders right from the buyer to the seller. And this is for all media. Within Strata, there's tools that allow the buyers to connect right to the sellers, uh, send their orders to the AEs at the various uh, stations, systems, rep firms, newspapers, out-of-home companies, interactive uh, sites, uh, and get confirmations back. The buyers can get confirmations back that the order's been received or the order's been rejected by the AE or, and changes have been suggested. And the back-and-forth communication between buyer and seller is occurring directly within our systems and their system. So that process has really uh, evolved tremendously over the last few years. It's automated a lot of things. Right. So, you know, back in the, back in the day, you, know, you went from calling in the orders on the telephone to faxing over the orders on the fax machine to emailing, to, to emailing PDFs of the orders, and we've now fully evolved to the true XML file transfers of the orders back and forth between buyers and sellers. Saves a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, just remember how, how much time we wasted faxing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of time. Well, when, when I first started as a media buyer in 1980, um, I had dial I, I was the person, I was an assistant buyer that had to call in the orders. And the phone I used to call in the orders was still a rotary phone oh, my at Lord. the time. <laughs> so, um, yes, it, it's, it's, you, you talk about how the business has changed in the last 30 years. And people, like, young people are like, what do you mean, you, what do you mean a, a rotary dial? They have no idea what that means. I mean, they, they, they still talk about their phones, you know, the things they have in their pockets and they walk around with, but they never use the phones to talk to anybody. That's true. So that's you know yeah, we've gotten to that point and yes rotary phones and you know you know you're in that in that mode though when you're sitting at a table I've been sitting at a table with a coworker and we're literally right next to each other but we're texting yes and I went oh my god <laughs> that's well, sad you know rooms next to each other also yeah, so yeah so there's um you know we're 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 very proud that we've been at the forefront at Strata of of moving the whole EDI process. Um, throughout the industry and being the leader and defining file formats for many parts of the industries, many parts of various industries to get the XML formats defined. You know, we're now at the point that $50 billion of transactions are occurring annually through mm-hmm. through our systems. And that includes all the electronic invoicing that we provide. Mm-hmm. We're the largest provider of electronic invoices for TV and radio and cable in the industry, you know, for, and again, over a 
about 12,000 individual users on our systems, both on the buying side and the selling side. Okay. Let me ask you this. What do you, what do you see commonly that people do wrong that if, you know, like communicating with, with Strata and utilizing the program with Strata, what do you notice are common things that clients get wrong that either make them be more, you know, like less efficient to where it takes more time to clean up and they're not doing it right? I just thought we could, you know, help some people that maybe haven't used Strata fully or are thinking about using it. Yeah, in, in regards to the financials and cleanliness of communications uh, between Strata and CMP, probably the area with the largest that, that, that users can go to, to to streamline the process the most would be to utilize the make good function within Strata. Um, and whenever changes get made to the buys, they, they could go into the make good portion of the system. Schedules could be changed. Anybody could go to um, any scheduling screen and just type in new information and override the existing information, which is one way to change a buy. But you could also right-click on that line and open up the Make Good screen and change the information for any particular byline to reflect the changes, whether it's a make good or any sort of you know missed spot or you know because anything. at least then you're not cleaning it up at the end when right. you're at the billing stage, whether you're billing the client or you're getting the billing from the from the vendor. At least right. you're doing it along the way instead of waiting until you have like sixty right. different ones to add later and clean it up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the structure of, of you know the purpose of entering in as a make good uh, by definition versus just editing the byline is the system tracks all the changes. It keeps track of the original buys, the original byline information, and all the changes, when the change was done, who did it, why the change was done. Which a lot so, of times you don't remember if you're cleaning it up after. Right. So yeah. the, the creation of the make good and thus the creation of the audit trail for any change in any buy, whether it's broadcast or print or anything, helps clean up the process of billing, uh, adjusted billing, information going over, and certainly cuts down on discrepancies when the invoices, when the vendor invoices come back in, have to be matched against the schedule. So, you know, it's quite often users will not enter in those changes during the course of the buy, even when they know about it. They say, oh, we'll just clean it up when the invoices come in. But creating all those scraps is um, painful. Now, as far so we talked about what people can do to help themselves. What are, what are, do you have any other suggestions for users as far as you've seen over the years that when, when clients do this, it seems to make your life operate a lot easier. Obviously, doing the make goods makes things cleaner and you're not cleaning it up afterwards. Are there any other suggestions? suggestions that you can offer people to work well, better, and, and have their, you know, media more cohesive instead of piecemealing it. Do you mean from a system perspective or just from a regular just media planning perspective? Either one, or if you have any tips to give to give users, because media buying is so specific, it's usually a few people in the agency that are doing it. Nobody else even know, understands what it's, you know, what it takes or what it entails. Mm -hmm. um, so even educating people that don't do media, at least it helps them understand. Because a lot of times you'll get AEs and they're, you know, you'll get 16 emails for one change and you're like, God, which one is the last one? Which is the one I'm supposed to go by? So it, it just seems like because of the uh, electronic age we're living in, you get bombarded by emails, you get bombarded by changes, you get bombarded by information. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be harder and harder for people to just to say, wait a minute, where are we on all this? <laughs> right. It, it, it is hard. And that's, that's the reason why we've built those EDI tools. We, the, the part of the system that communicates directly between the buyer and the seller, it, it, it allows for the, it, we, we've completed the full electronic cycle. And the more that the buyers use the full electronic cycle, the better they'll be. And that, that cycle starts at the proposals being sent 
from the seller to the buyer. So we have an electronic way of bringing in the proposals into the system. So the buyer doesn't have to sit there and type in the rates and all that information and the way that the station's systems are selling their time. So there's the electronic import of proposals and then the electronic sending of the orders from the buyer to the seller. The seller could then approve or reject those orders and reject them would make good offers. So the more the EDI processes are being used between the buyer and the seller, the more cohesive the process becomes and the cleaner the process becomes and the less... Uh, confusion there is, the less he said, she said there is after, you know, when there's a problem, usually, you know, when a discrepancy uh, is found and the buyer and the seller are arguing about why... Um, why, why it didn't happen or know, why it changed. Right, that type of thing. So, they, you know, the more of the electronic process that occurs, the better off everybody is for, for efficiencies and for clarity and for even for reporting. There's, there's a tremendous amount of reports that come off the system, but, of course, the reports are worthless if the data is not, not up to right. date. We right? say garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, and, and that includes integrations into clients and profits. Mm-hmm. Now, we have all sorts of uh, schedule status reports and insertion order status reports, clearing invoice reports, you know, statuses of different invoices coming in and keeping track of that. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's probably a wonderful example of a report that doesn't get used nearly enough about keeping on top of vendor invoices and what's the status of those invoices. Mm-hmm. Have they come in? Have they not? You know, we're sitting, you know. We're, have they been reconciled? Right. You and I, we're sitting here. It's, it's late October, and, you know, the, somebody might want to see, do we have all our September invoices in? You know, show me everything year to date that's still discrepant. What's still sitting out there? Um, so that we have, Stratus has wonderful screens that should clearly show that type of information and report on that information. And, um, and that, we, that's something that could get used, utilized more. And we find that, too. There's so many reports that educate people about the job or about wh- where it is, what's going on with it, what's missing, what is still to come. And a lot of times people don't even util- utilize those reports, and then all the surprises, is, mm-hmm. same with the make goods, all the surprises come at the end, and there, did, there was no need to have surprises. Right. Everybody could have been educated all the way along and, and actually stopped problems before they you know, continued to snowball if, if somebody was actually analyzing the reports and staying right. on top of them. So. And that saves so much time. Yeah, it does. So is there anything else, because you've given us a plethora of information, which uh, I'm grateful for. Is there anything, other tips that come to mind that you'd like to share with users that, or have you pretty um, much, you pretty much covered a lot? Oh, uh, well, I could start going into lots and lots of details within each part of the program. That's probably not, this isn't the most appropriate <laughs> place to start to do that. I, I would encourage um, clients of Strata to go to go to the site, go to strata.com. It has a tremendous amount of information, and there's a lot of details there. Um, they can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash strata. Uh, we, you can follow us on at Twitter. Our Twitter address is go to strata. And they can always contact us. We can give them the and contact information as well. Certainly, they could go to CMP as well and yeah. get that information. So uh, the, the service department is wonderful, 1-800-9-STRATA. Clients could call there. We have um, operators are standing by. <laughs> we have a large group of people to, to answer the service calls as they come in. Uh, and uh, we have a large group of on-site trainers to come on-site to the agency and help people through the process of understanding more and more about the system, as well as training new users and, and all the things that the trainers will do on-site. And you do have wonderful help because we've worked with a lot of them, obviously, to get our relationship up and ro- rolling. We've worked with quite a few of your uh, reps, and they're wonderful to work with. So I just wanted to add that compliment to them. Thank you, Cindy. So thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Clients and Profits feature cast. For more information about Clients and Profits, please visit clientsandprofits.com. Clients and Profits.